the Boston players love But Michael Jordan is not only the best basketball player, but he's the most exciting basketball player to ever play. Tatum fires away, pumps it in. The Big Three NBA Podcast is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Welcome to another edition of the Big Three NBA Podcast. I am your host, H. Rob Blakely, and I am joined today by Mr. Law Murray of The Athletic. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. It's always good to see you. You as well, it's been my too friend. long. We ain't got enough of these Celtics uh, LA games, man. That's what exactly, it is. Exactly, exactly. Because the thing about it is, when, when LA, whether it's the Lakers, the Clippers, it don't matter. There's always some drama brewing. And with you covering the LA Clippers, uh, the, the big story really, you know, all season up to this point has been just the addition of James Harden. And I just want to just jump right into it. Uh, James didn't exactly get off to the best of starts with the, the Clippers. And, and I'm just curious from your perspective as someone who's been around the team, what were some of the challenges early on that the Clippers as a team had when James joined them? And, and how have they been kind of able to, I wouldn't say smooth them out, but definitely things are trending in the right direction. Sometimes it's hard to answer a question like this. And it's not in this case, like James was a month behind everybody else. Uh, in terms of not just being in the basketball condition that he wanted to be in. I'm not saying James was out of shape. I think James Harden was actually in decent physical shape when he got to the team. Uh, he, he obviously had the reputation when he left Houston for Brooklyn for not being in the best of shape and how that really, I feel like, ruined his entire time in Brooklyn. That wasn't the case here. Uh, as you've seen, James has been healthy. Um, he, he's been, he's been in decent physical shape, but when you, we're talking about physical shape, it's not the same as playing the kind of basketball where you are used to the physical grind of that, as well as the mental grind of understanding where to be, and then transpose that onto being on a new team, transpose that onto being on a team that when they broke training camp, they knew exactly how they wanted to play. Uh, they were going to be a push-to-pace team with Russell Westbrook as the starting point guard, and Russ was going to be looking for cutters, an increased amount of cutting and movement that promoted who, they, who, who the Clippers broke camp with. Uh, so now you bring in James, and head coach Sharon Lou tried to integrate a point guard in Russell Westbrook with a player in James Harden and have Harden be the off-guard to start out. And that was a mess. It, it it just was a mess because James is not as comfortable off the ball. And to be honest with you, Russell Westbrook's not as comfortable sharing those responsibilities. And so it took a five-pack of losses to switch that up, to formally make James the point guard and to have to have the difficult transition of Russell Westbrook being the point guard behind him. And again, Talking about the team versus the individuals, the team has been a whole lot better since then. They're seven and three since. James has played well, but James has now played well as it contributes to winning, as instead of just, you know, James's percentages looking very good. I think James' percentages were actually pretty decent to start his tenure off with the Clippers. So um overall, I think everything has smoothed itself out simply for James being Ironically, James being put in position to be the point guard, which is why Russ was looking so good to start this year. 
Yeah. Some of the points that you bring up, Law, when the trade was made, raised a lot of the questions that I think kind of manifest themselves out. Because as you pointed out, we all went into the season thinking that the Clippers were all about run, 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 run. And when they traded for James, we all kind of knew that wasn't going to work because he's not that type of player. He never really has been that type of player. He racks up a lot of assists, but he's very good at playmaking half court sets. Uh, his transition game isn't, it's a different kind of game when you look at Russell Westbrook's and to to Ty's credit, he was able to adapt. But to me, the, the, the true transition, the adjustment is the one that, Westbrook has had to make uh, where you go from what seemed like a system that was kind of built to play to your strengths early on to one that you're going to still be able to do that, but maybe not as much as you thought you were. How has he been in terms of making the adjustment? Because of all the people within that Clippers ecosystem, it seems he's the one guy that has really had to make the most, I think, significant change from beginning of training camp to where you guys are now. Yeah, and I think Russell Westbrook anticipated as such. And not to sugarcoat it, it's been difficult to watch. Like, Russ is the only player on the Clippers with a negative plus minus since uh, the starting lineup change. Like, I'm talking stars, role players, bench guys, garbage time. Russ is the only one with a negative plus minus since that transition 10 games ago. And clearly... That means that the Clippers are actually playing their best basketball when Russell Westbrook's not on the floor. It means that any little moment that Russell Westbrook has, that it's going to stand out because he's playing less. He has the ball in his hands less. And everyone knows that he's, even from the jump, you mentioned the sacrifice, even from the jump, Russell Westbrook came back to this team this offseason with less money than everybody else. Knowing that, look at his body of work over his career. He's going to be taking less shots. That's lower numbers. Uh, Russell was stamped. Like, we all know who Russell Westbrook is and has been and what he means to the league. But, um, you know, uh, people look at those numbers and they think that you fell off. Like, that hits a guy like Russ a little bit harder than it hits a guy, someone else who's been a role player for 15 years of his career like Russ is a role player now and that transition is difficult uh Russell's very happy to play the point guard position of you know a spot where when he was with the Lakers was he the guy with the ball in his hand for the most part no that wasn't the case when he was a starter under Vogel that wasn't the case when he was coming off the bench under under Darvin Ham and that's really not the fault of those coaches that's just goofy roster construction it's simple like that that's all it is that made people think that Russell Westbrook was a lesser player. Uh, Russell Westbrook is a flawed player, though, and he's one that needs to be protected. And it's just that there's a difference between getting Russell Westbrook to play the best version of himself and getting the L.A. Clippers to be the best team that they've been. And that Band-Aid just had to be ripped off, so hopefully Russell can continue to adjust uh, to fewer minutes, fewer touches, uh, a play style that doesn't always suit him. He's not playing with James at all, like, the game that they won against the Nuggets. That was the first time all season that Russell Westbrook and James Harden, since Harden got to the Clippers, did not sing a single second together on the floor. Mm -hmm. It's 48 minutes of James or Russ, basically. And so everyone else is, has, has adjusted. I think Russ is trying. And it's just a matter of as this month of December goes on, January, how effective can Russell Westbrook be with a 20-minute role? Yeah. And, you know, along those lines, going beyond just Russell Westbrook, you also obviously have 
Kawhi Leonard, you got Paul George. And, and one of the big questions most people had when the trade was made was how are they going to coexist? Because all of those guys are really good when they have the ball in their hands. And last I checked, as P.J. Tucker reminded us, there's only one ball uh, when they play each other. So how has that part of this process really kind of kind of smoothed itself out a little? Because, again, all of those guys have the ability to get buckets. We know this. We know this. But everyone can't get buckets at the same time. How have they been able to kind of work around that, 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 that potential problem uh, that exists? I'll tell you what, when they were losing – Everybody was just high on the vibes. Everybody's from Southern California. They all grew up together in LA area and they're all around the same age. Like, but it's a, it just, as a basketball fit, it was asking too much of Paul and Kawhi to not have the ball while James and Russ were trying to work things out, sharing playmaking duties, sharing play styles. Again, like James is heavy pick and roll half court, pick and choose what he wants to do to attack and getting James to play up to standards was Toronto's biggest challenge. But you are always in the context of the fact that Paul and Kawhi are your best players with Kawhi as the guy who everyone believes is the number one guy, including Toronto, the head coach. But what's funny is Paul has been the better player offensively, whereas Kawhi is now settled into the role of He's the guy who can better handle being the two-way apex predator wing that if you ask Paul to do the same thing, I mean, that takes away too much of his offense. We've just seen um, mentally Paul is better when he is locked into score. He is better when he knows that he can't take possessions off because or he can't be he can't lack aggression, you know, stay out of the paint taking jump shots for most of the time um he's got to touch the paint because it's not just about him it's about how that affects everybody else and so it's been a work in progress that's what happens when you lose six in a row uh when you go from three and one to three and seven you're always questioning why why do we give up robert covington why do we give up nicholas platoon why do we give up the guys that when we were on offense they knew that they were just going to catch and shoot and on defense they did all the dirty work well Part of that sacrifice that I was talking about with Russell Westbrook applies to Kawhi and Paul, their sacrifice is y'all got to do the dirty work. You guys are going to have to, it's, hey, hey, look, you know who the replacement is for Roko and Nico? You guys. You guys were brought here to be the defensive guys in addition to being stars on offense. And I think those guys have made that adjustment. It's tough because they're stars, but what makes it easy is when you remember how those dudes came into the league. Paul was a contributor to an Indiana Pacers team that had to get back to the playoffs after several years out um, at the time of the lottery pick that became PG. Uh, Kawhi, he came to a good Spurs team that became great with him in the starting lineup. And before he was an all-star, he was a defense player of the year. So I think it makes it easy when those guys know that it's not just about having the ball all the time. You got to have the opportunity to improve your team by several means and those guys are the rare stars that are versatile to do it score early this nfl season with fanduel america's number one sports book right now new customers get 150 dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet that's 150 bucks if your team wins if you've been thinking about joining fanduel there's no better time to get in on the action 
The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, and the, the one thing that, again, part of uh, the, the entry with this trade, and I'm talking with Law Murray of The Athletic. Uh, we're talking about James Harden, the Clippers, and, 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 and such. The one thing that I, I thought was really interesting uh, was just the uh, just the willingness of the Clippers to go all in with with James. I mean, minus keeping Terrence Mann out of the, out of the mix, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But considering James's track record and and, and what happened in Brooklyn, considering what happened in Philadelphia, considering how things ended in in Houston, you would think that there would be major trepidation on a team's part to bring in a guy who has had those type things just didn't work out in multiple stops. What was it about James Harden that just from, from your reporting gave you a sense why the Clippers felt that this was the missing piece that they needed to basically position themselves to go on a run kind of run that they've been on like the last couple of weeks. I think it came down to a little bit of uh, appropriate fear to be mm-hmm. honest with you on several fronts. Kawhi and Paul didn't finish the postseason healthy. The year before, Kawhi missed the entire season due to his ACL rehab, and Paul was supposed to carry the team, but Yusuf Nurkic fell on his arm, and he wound up missing three months of that season. They land in the play-in tournament, and they lose both of the play-in games uh, after having double-digit leads. So that's unfortunate. The year before, they make the Western Conference Finals, but Kawhi doesn't play in any of those games because of the knee injury, and Paul was, at that point, because of the condensed schedule because that was the first full season after the pandemic it was it was a mess and they just ran out of gas they played every other day for a month straight that june and so they're at the end of the line here Sherrod, and they felt like james is the type of player not just that they can elevate Hawaii and paul and to support those guys but to take your last best shot because those guys are older because you want to get through the regular season and give yourself a chance at a higher seed. And also the rest of the league, especially the Western Conference, they have guys who there are no nights off in this conference. Like even the worst teams in the West, you know, teams like San Antonio, uh, the Clippers Friday night are in Utah. I mean, the Utah Jazz beat the Clippers once already. Uh, they don't get a chance to play the Spurs again. They already went 3-0 and against them. So every other team is going to give you work. They lost to the Memphis Grizzlies in a matinee game at home yeah. with John Morant not playing. That is the kind of Western Conference that you have. Like Even if you think that these teams on paper don't have the talent that the Clippers do, like they're going to compete. Okay, it took a four-point play, a go-ahead four-point play to beat the Houston Rockets on their home floor. The Rockets haven't beaten a team on the road 
of going into uh, this second Friday of December, it's not a slight to any of those teams. It's not even a slight to the Clippers. The West is hard. Um, it's not even like top heavy hard. It's every night. You don't know what you're getting from pretty much every one of these teams. The Timberwolves are leading the West Shiraid at 16 and four, and no one trusts the Timberwolves to be that good. And again, count me in that group. Yeah. Like that's a great team right now, but that team has never shown sustained success over the course of a regular season. And if they do it, then great. Like if they're an 80% win team the rest of the year, then that's a huge breakthrough for that entire franchise, not just this era of basketball that they're currently in. So when you're the Clippers, man, like getting James Harden, even with all the things that have happened with him, even going back to Houston, like Houston never made a finals. And James was literally the MVP of the NBA one of those years, a top seed one of those years. You know, everyone expects James to fail in the playoffs. But you know what? James is being supported by a team that he's never had to play with. James is not being asked to be the number one guy. He's not being asked to be the number two guy. He's being asked to be a mismatch as a number three, as a as a big point guard, and with a team that has the coaching and the personnel to protect him from if James doesn't have the best night. You're not asking James to go out there and score 25, 30 points. Not that the Sixers were last year. James led the league in assists, but the number one guy on that team was a center, and James was basically the number two because Tyrese Maxey was emerging. This team has a bit of a clear hierarchy, especially now that we know who the starting point guard is. Yeah. And and I just and I want to ask you about that. How has he adjusted to that? Because again, we're talking about a guy who is a first ballot Hall of Famer, most likely, and James Harden, who has put together an, an incredible body of work. And and again, as recently as last year, led the league in a very significant category. So to make that shift from being that type of player, putting up those type of numbers to basically embracing the fact that on a good day, you're the number three option. How has he been about that? Because again, in, in Boston, for example, Christos Porzingis, he has had to adapt to a similar transition from being either the number one or two, most of his career to now being a at best number three. How has James been able to embrace this very different, very unique role that he has been kind of thrust upon to, 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 to carry out? Not that anything is easy when you're, when, when you're as big as Chris Jasperzingis, but I think what helps any big when they have to go to a talented team is the fact that you're not being asked to bring the ball up and make plays for others anyway. That's not Kristaps Porzingis' game. His game is get to his spots and make the most of them, whether it's inside or spotting up outside. James Harden asking him to do that, but also asking him to be the point guard, like that is a that is a balance where, again, what we discussed earlier, he was being asked to play off the ball when he got there because Saran Lou was trying to have it both ways. Everybody was. It was being fair to Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook was not just the player who they wanted to support and have their offense and style of play based around. Russell Westbrook earned the respect of all those dudes in the locker room, and he already had the respect of dudes like Teron Lou and Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and was the vocal and locker room leader of that team. That that's that's a big thing. Like, and so James comes in and no, the transition was not smooth at all. 
And in fact, I would say Teron Lou's still working on James to get him to turn up more and be more aggressive as a scorer and consistently, you know, not have these quarters where he goes a whole quarter without putting the bucket in. I mean, the rotation patterns, even with the starting lineup change happening 10 games ago, we're still seeing new rotation patterns where James is now coming out of games middle of the first quarter. And then you have a game like Wednesday against the Nuggets where he plays the entire second quarter because the Nuggets have a 15 point lead that needed to be erased and credit to the Clippers who are erasing that 15 point deficit in that second quarter. Uh, And so there's still this idea of James trying to strike that balance of playmaking and still being able to dominate his matchup. And that's hard. Uh, but I feel like it's not just about James. It's about the team. It's about who are you on the floor with? Who are you playing? And how is the coaching staff trying to identify opportunities to get out of not just the player, but the rest of the team, what they're trying to get out of it's, I would almost say it's a, it's a week by week process. And we're only in, I believe the fifth or sixth week of the the season anyway. Yeah. When you talk about the team, the one player that I I know a lot of us uh, were wondering slash concerned about what role he would have is Terrence Mann, a kid who's from around here uh, outside of Boston uh, showed great promise in, in, in various roles for the, for the Clippers, uh, kind of just kind of jack of all trades type of guy. How has this transition been for him? Like, what have you seen different from him? And, and what adjustment has he had to make with playing with James Harden being a part of this team? I almost feel bad when I talk about Terrence and his role because I've known him now for four seasons. Uh, we've gotten to know each other both on and off the floor. So I know how he kind of ticks and um, I know that when he's behind the mic at a press conference, his demeanor is one way, but, you know, uh, you get him out away from that and he's mm-hmm. even more candid than he is on the mic. Like that guy's been jerked around. Um, he's He's got so many things that he's been asked to do, be a starter, be a backup, be a, be a guard who has the ball in his hands, be off the ball, be a small ball center. Like, He's played every position and has shown a level of competence at every position. And there's a reason why the Clippers were adamant about keeping him out of this trade. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they would have traded him for Kyrie Irving if they could have last, last um, trade deadline. Right. And this has been a tough adjustment. When camp broke, he won the starting job out of camp for the first time in his career, mm-hmm. only to sprain his ankle and it wasn't a garden variety sprain. It was a sprain that uh, it kept him out for the first, his longest injury absence of his career. So think about that. He goes to preseason. He wins a job. He's thinking he's going to be starting with Russell Westbrook, running, cutting, doing all that. And the team that he comes back to once he gets healthy, he's coming off the bench and James is on the team, <laughs> you know, like, and now he's starting and I always look at the Robert Covington replacement as Terrence Mann, yeah. one of the guys that he beat out to get that starting job coming out of camp. So even though Terrence is starting and is playing a healthy complement of minutes, I think the combination of the, the, the roster change and his own recovery from injury, I think it's, it's, it's been a hard adjustment for him. He's shooting the worst from three that I've ever seen him shoot. I mean, there's enough games on tape now 
like I'm not sure. Like it it has to turn around because no one can shoot as poorly from three that Terrence has shot. But I do not know how well it turns back around. I don't know if he gets to the high 30s by the end of the year because he is so far under 20%. The acceptable three-point percentage in the NBA um, in the 21st century is around 35%. Like, he's got to get hot just to finish the year around there. So um, that's the adjustment that everyone wants to see. Terrence Mann shooting the three better turns the Clippers from a good team to a potentially great team because everyone else is solidified in their roles in that starting lineup. That has been pretty successful. You know, you know that James is going to run pick and rolls. You know that Kawhi and Paul, they're going to get their opportunities to dominate matchups, whether it's an ISO or other creative ways. Vincent Zubatson understands his role in the pick and roll with James Harden. Now Terrence has to kind of figure it out a little bit more. But Terrence is on the floor and he's going to rain, maintain the starting job because he's going to start games defensively on head of snakes. He's the guy as a point of attack defender that they're trusting him to wear himself out on that in the floor. Maybe that takes away from his shooting as well. He's playing a lot of minutes, playing against the best offensive players this league has to offer, which means the best players that the entire world has to offer. And as, as and he's going to be doing that. And at the end of games, if they adjust and he's not in the game, that's when Kawhi takes over. But you don't want to ask a guy like Kawhi or Paul to do that all game. Terrence can do that. Say hello to a stressless holiday season with the help of HelloFresh. Skip the grocery store and save time with easy, tasty recipes delivered to your door. Tis the season for giving and gathering, right? And with HelloFresh, it can also be the season of saving money. Yes. Christmas time, holiday season, actually saving money, something you rarely ever hear. But with HelloFresh, you can actually save money this month with fresh recipes delivered, cheaper than takeout, and with pre-proportioned ingredients, you'll never waste money on excess food. Did you know HelloFresh does more than just dinners? From easy breakfasts to start your morning off right, to 10-minute lunches or satisfying snacks, both adults and the kiddies will love. HelloFresh has tasty choices for every mealtime occasion, and the best part... No grocery trips required and thus no gas in your vehicle to get there. Everyone knows that I love the HelloFresh meatloaf. It's no secret, but I've expanded the palate a little bit and gotten into their meat and pasta dishes too, as well as their smoothies when I'm on the go. So whatever you have a taste for, HelloFresh has you covered. And right now, go to HelloFresh.com slash Big 3 Free, and that's Big 3, T-H-R-E-E, free, and use code Big 3 Free for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash Big3Free with code Big3T-H-R-E-E-Free. And see for yourself why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Yeah, and, and the, you know, Terrence, and, and again, as, as you, I, I've known Terrence way back in the days when he was in high school. Uh, and good dude. Uh, and from afar, it, it it mirrors a lot of what we thought, that he just got caught in a really bad situation is making the most of it. Uh, but the one thing that I, I will say, though, and, and, and just kind of talking with you and just talking with others throughout the league about this, it really does feel as though the Clippers are in this win now or bust mode that this has to work. And if this doesn't work, then we may see some significant changes uh, sooner rather than later with this roster. When you look at the way this team is constructed law, uh, how, what's a realistic 
final destination for this team? Are we talking NBA finals, conference finals, second round? What do you see realistically based upon the team that we see constructed as it is right now? What's realistic for them into the road? Look, this team would have been perfectly fine not making this trade and maybe they would have won a playoff series or two, you know, um, that's not the goal for this team. It is to make an NBA finals, a place that this franchise has never been before. And they don't have a lot of time, like the contracts speak for themselves. And that's really what it is with everything. I think deadlines for action. Uh, I think that's the case in basketball. That's the case in, in sports other than basketball. That's the case in life, man. Like, you know, the closer you get to a point where you have to do something, that's you start picking it up. And right. I think that level of urgency has been displayed across the board. It's been displayed by the front office and making this trade. It's been displayed by the head coach in Teron Lou and how often he has these guys practicing, how this like not satisfied with any level of success and certainly any level of failure that this team has had. You know, they're practicing more. They're being drilled on the same things, whether they win by a lot or I mean, their losses have been close losses. You know, they look, they have 10 losses. Eight of them have come in what we would consider clutch time in the NBA, a game where the margin is no more than five with less than five minutes to go at some point. And so this team has a ceiling that they wanted to not take for granted that just because they have Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard that they were going to reach. Um, that's why James Harden is here. James Harden is here to accelerate the fact that they need to get done something that they thought they they were on the precipice of when they brought those dudes, Kawhi and Paul, together in 2019. Um, this is year five of those guys together. It's a blessing to have those guys on the same team at this point in their careers, trying to do something for a region that they grew up in. It means more. But if they fall, especially if they fall significantly short of a championship, you might not see it again. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, like, that's the error. You ever have a last dance when you haven't never really danced before? Like that's where that's where the Clippers are at. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Law Murray, the athletic, giving us the goods on James Harden, Terrence Mann, and all that is LA Clippers. Uh Terrence uh, Law, thank you for your time. Much appreciated, brother. Uh, thank you all for listening to this latest episode of the Big Three NBA Podcast. Uh, I'm Ace Rob Blackley with Law Murray. Thank you for your time. Uh, check out this and all other NBA Big Three episodes on all your podcasting apps. This is Ace Rob Blakely signing off. Thank you so much. Take care.